Well folks, I want to kick off a brand new teaching series starting today, two weeks after Easter. And uh, the, the series is called The Invitation. It's an invitation to yourselves and to anyone who's watching or any of us who are going to be uh, meeting together tonight at the town hall at 7 p.m. The message I'm going to uh, give right now is going to be the same message that I'll give live on Sunday night. So uh, if you're intending to come again tonight, uh, you can compare the two. You can maybe uh, say which one you think is better. Maybe this is a good practice for the real thing or not the real thing. This is the real thing. The, the, the real face-to-face -face one that we're getting to do uh, on the Sunday evening. Our intention, uh, so you know, over the next coming Sundays is that uh, the teaching that we'll be delivering on Sunday evenings we intend to cover here on the Sunday mornings as well, so that we have both uh, going at the same time together. I appreciate that for some of you, you may not have been able to book a ticket or book a seat, as it were, for this evening, uh, but all being well, you'll get your opportunity at some point. Or it may well be that whatever circumstances uh, for you, it's way more suitable still to engage with us as a church here on Sunday mornings. So here we are, the invitation, the invitation. What are we inviting you to? This next season of life is really, really exciting. And we as a church leaders are really excited for what could be in this next chapter stage of this year, of this life, as we begin to hopefully move on and move out of this global pandemic of which we have been living in. And really, as we introduce this, the question is, what are the signs? What are the signs in which we're seeing? What are the signs of the time? And for us, we look and we see the vaccine is being rolled out. We're seeing the infection rate has come way down. We're beginning to see the opportunity and the permission to come out of hibernation, as it were, as lockdown restrictions begin to ease and there seems to be a degree of returning to uh, things the way uh, they used to be and a degree of normality. Seasonally speaking, uh, the, the weather is better, although sometimes <laughs> just a few days ago it was snowy again. Um, but the, the weather is generally improving. There's more daylight. There are flowers that we see appearing. There's blossom on the trees, the grass is needing cut, and the, the seasonal uh, time within the year is changing. Yet we here in Northern Ireland uh, are experiencing again a, a, a degree of turmoil as there's a degree of unrest and unease about uh, the way things are and the way things have been here in Northern Ireland. And uh, that has been shown and demonstrated through actions and people coming out and uh, and doing things which are really unhelpful and, uh, and inappropriate. And uh, we're left wondering and thinking, oh goodness, we, uh, we, we don't want to go there again. And we don't, we don't want this. We don't want to go back. And yet there are voices of frustration which need to be listened to and need to be heard. And that that's understandable also. Not just here, but in many nations, as we read the signs of the times, there are nations that have been dealing with uh, living through this pandemic. There are nations who 
are significantly divided, where there are people groups and public opinion and differences of opinions are creating incredible division, uh, which is unhelpful for families and communities and the like. It's important that we, as the people of God, ask and seek the Lord as to what it is that he's inviting of us in this season as we move out, for us to inquire of him, what is it you have been up to, God? What is it that you're doing in our lives? What is it that you're doing through the lives of our church? And that's really part of the invitation. We, as a community, as a people, as a body, uh, we're asking this question, we're inviting you to the table that says, God, what do you require of us? As we continue to lead, as we continue to uh, lead out of hopefully lockdown, what is it, God, that you want your bride, the church, to operate like and be like to this area and the communities around us that you've called us to be a part of? The invitation is twofold. Firstly, it's an invitation to the very same as what Jesus invited of his early disciples. It was come follow me. And so it's an invitation from him to us of, of this personal relationship with God, something that we have taught on many, many times over the last number of weeks, inviting into a relationship with him. But secondly, it's the invitation to you from us of will you join us? Will you journey with us? Will you partner with us as we seek his face? As we seek to hear his voice and his leaning and his leading into this next season of what he has for us. And we begin this conversation as uh, aptly as uh, within the, the sign or the signs of the time of the Christian calendar, as it were. It's two weeks after Easter. And uh, during that time, Jesus has resurrected from the dead and he's revealed himself to his disciples, his followers and his friends. And there are some significant meetings that take place as he reveals himself to them. And recorded at the end of Matthew's gospel in chapter 28, we read these verses, which we know as the Great Commission. I want to read them to us and just pick up on literally just a few words really from it this morning. 28, uh, Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so we start this new series, really at the end. The end of Jesus' time was over to you guys. I have been with you. I have introduced to you the kingdom of heaven here on earth. I have demonstrated what the kingdom is like through signs and wonders. I have taught on numerous occasions about what the kingdom is like. I have taught you, I have trained you, and now I am giving you authority to go do the stuff that I have been doing, 
And that's what he commissions those early disciples to do, and that's what he commissions us to do. It's plain and simple, is go make disciples. As we uh, explore the future together, it's important that we reflect on the past. And boy, have we had a great opportunity to be doing lots of reflection over the last number of months. This pandemic has forced us to reflect on all aspects of our life. It has forced us to think about what is important, to reevaluate our own values and the way in which we have been living. It has forced us to live in certain ways that we would not have necessarily chosen to live in the first place. And it's forced us to think about what is actually important and what is it that God requires of us. The pandemic has forced businesses, social enterprises, organisations and of course the Church of Jesus to reflect on itself to ask the questions of who are we and what are we for? Um, I have used this analogy, it was shared with us early days uh, whenever we went into our first lockdown, March, April of last year. And that uh, church and church life and church function, the way that churches operate and practice in, in some ways, it was likened to a game of chess. If you're learning a game, how to play the game of chess, that lots of people, when they first begin to play, uh, love the, uh, the piece, the queen. The, the queen is the most powerful and strongest uh, piece on the board, and it gets to do lots of stuff, and it's incredibly uh, powerful and, and uh, in terms of on the offensive side of things when you're learning to play chess. And yet... Good chess players, those who mature to become really good chess players, not only learn how to use their queen, but they learn how to use all of the pieces on the board. And this analogy was used to liken to, to many of us that are involved in church leadership. That for too many of us, too many of our churches, we operate from the position that our Sundays are our queen. And really, from March onwards of last year, the Queen had been removed from the board and we had to learn very quickly, my goodness, what are the other pieces that God has given us and entrusted to us? What other ways that we can actually operate as a church in order to fulfil the great commission of making disciples? And so early on, we adapted really, really quickly. My goodness me, I still remember the, the morning we were down at our offices and we were like scratching around Chantelle and myself and Jackie and a laptop. And then we realised, oh my goodness, the Wi-Fi signal is not strong enough. It's not going to work. And we quickly drove back to our house and uh, we had just gotten in uh, super fast broadband. And uh, we were like, oh, let's do it from there. And both Chantelle and I nervous on the settee together. And we, we broadcast live into people's living rooms and all the rest. And we just had to learn really quickly how to do that stuff and that's evolved and that's changed and we've gotten uh, a bit better at doing it along the way. Um, but that's just one of the things. We, we never had a YouTube account and now we do and there's many, many videos that we put up there over the weeks and the months. Uh, life groups on Zoom. We've had loads of those. We've WhatsApp and Facebook groups on our streets which we encourage you to do. 
We've Facebook group, we've had uh, loads of videos and resources and things that we've shared with you that many of you have engaged with. Of course, we have uh, loved the lost and we have loved those outside our four walls and our doorstep dinners has just been the most incredible ministry which began very early on and has continued to grow and to develop and you've heard that, you've heard a share about that uh, lots over the last number of weeks. We've had revived prayer walks, 24-7 prayer, gatherings for women, for men, for youth, for kids. Gillian, our kids pastor, has produced some incredible resources. She's on YouTube every week, uh, producing some kind of video, some sort of teaching thing for all different ages within our church. And not just within our church, but outside the four walls, which has been fantastic. Live from Lapland uh, was, uh, was uh, hundreds, I think over a thousand uh, children through uh, primary schools were able to connect online because of that. We had our Easter treasure trail just last week with over 150 people, I think, involved uh, walking around different parts of Carrick Fergus, culminating with getting a chocolate Easter egg uh, from us at the very end. We have had quizzes, bingo, bake-offs, and of course we've had Alpha, which has concluded just a couple of weeks ago. So our practices have adapted and we have changed and we have evolved very, very quickly. We have utilized technology in, in, to the best of our ability and it's been a steep learning curve, let me tell you. Some of us are, are done and we're sick of aspects of, um, of technology. I'm zoomed out, I, I just can't connect with it and all the rest and we, we've heard those things and yet it's been the best that we've had and it has served us really, really well. And some of it is here to stay. What has been really encouraging is that despite the lockdown circumstances and the restrictions, we have been able to function. We have been able to fulfill the great commission of making disciples. But as this new season develops, here's a slight warning. And the warning is simply this, that we're not content just simply to go back to the way things were. If we were just, just simply to do that without asking the questions, God, what have you been doing in us and in our lives and in our church that has um, future fueling us, that has prepared us for what you have for us in the future, then we would be foolish not to ask those questions. To simply return back to the way things were without inquiring of the Lord. What are you leading us into? Where would you have us go? The answer to that question is really important. And the answer to that question is something that we all must be asking, not just those who are leading. Why should it be asked by all? Because if you're part of our church, you are part of the body whether you're the nose or the ear or the mouth or the little toe or the leg or the knee or the thyroid gland or the liver or the whatever, whatever function, whatever part, however important or unimportant you may think it is, it is important. You have your role, you have your place and Jesus is inviting you and we're inviting you. What is it, God, that you'd have of us? as we move into the future, as we move out of this period. 
It's time to dream again. It's time to look up again and say, God, where are you taking us? This series is about asking those questions and having this conversation together as we inquire of the Lord. Other church leaders, people that we uh, would connect with and uh, kind of Zoom webinars that we get to be a part of, uh, it's been likened to a Reformation moment. There is a time across the body of Christ, across all churches, where God is inviting us, the church, to reform itself, to ask, to inquire, to see where is it, how do you want us to function within the future? Uncertainty creates dependency. I wrote that down earlier because uh, some of you might be thinking, my goodness, you know, um, um, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, This is coming across as, uh, oh, we're just kind of dreaming together and it's just going to be great and all the rest. And on the one hand, you'd be right to sort of say, you know, we're not quite sure what that looks like. But on the other hand, we have never been so sure in all our lives what God's called us to explain what that means in a minute on the one hand you'd be right that we're not quite sure how it's all going to play out what are the what are the practices what are the hopes and the dreams and the ministries and the ways in which Jesus is inviting us as a church into our future to partner with him and with others to see his kingdom come here on earth what are those practices that he is wanting us to step into you see, if I'm really honest with you, we've been, listening, we've been living like this in this real fluid kind of way for the last year. Um, only a week ago, um, on the Friday night, did I even know that we were going to be able to meet on the Sunday night in the town hall. And I'd already recorded uh, the service for that Sunday morning, so we didn't say that last Sunday morning, simply because the recording was already done. That's kind of how it's been. We're kind of living almost in some ways from week to week. And that's what it's been like for all of our personal lives, hasn't it? As we're listening to the news and we're seeing what decisions are being made and how it impacts and affects our lives. And so that uncertainty uh, that we've been living in creates a degree of dependency on him. And that's the way that we've been living. We have been living with huge uncertainty, not knowing what it's going to be like. And in many ways, we still don't know. But it invites us to dependency upon the Father, that we would lean into him and allow him to lead us. I strongly believe that God has been drawing many of us during this past year. He's been working in us. He's been doing a lot of stuff in the unseen, on our own, in our rooms, in our prayer life in our reading, in our watching, in our listening, and God has been at work. And we're looking forward to seeing the fruit God's been doing in our lives and what he's gonna do through our lives in the future. We are, though, uh, really sure what God has called us to in terms of vision and values. The vision is the same. It's discipleship. It's about going and making disciples, going and making apprentices, followers, people like him. If you were to read on our website, our kind of vision statement, it's a reworded um, 
verse really from Matthew 28. It reads like this. We are grateful that we are a church where lives are changing, a place where people can come as they are, but don't stay as they are, a place where people are giving their yes to God, experiencing life in a new way and generously giving it away to those around him. It's what we are, it's who we are, Carrick Vineyard. It's based upon the Great Commission about going and making disciples. Our values are of worship, of authority of the scriptures, the person and practice of the Holy Spirit, compassion for the poor, prayer, community, generosity, hospitality, Sabbath, slowing, simplicity, everyone getting to play, regardless of gender, regardless of age, regardless of background. God is inviting us to go and uh, be his hands and his feet. And as we explore those practices, as we, sorry, as we explore those values, we're doing it in a fresh set of ways. How is that going to look? What is that going to look like in the future as we move out into this next season that God is inviting us into? I want to end simply uh, by referring to the last verse in that passage that we read about going and making disciples. You see, one of our core values is that we are a people of his presence. And Jesus says to his disciples, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. A reminder that Jesus is literally physically present with his disciples when he says those words. And he knows and he's preparing his disciples that very soon he will no longer be with them physically speaking but he will remain with them through the person of the Holy Spirit. And it's those words that he spoke to his disciples, he speaks to us today. He says these words, surely I am with you always. They're not just words. It is a reality that the Holy Spirit, God Almighty, is present in our lives. We are a people of his presence. We welcome his presence. Soon after Jesus said those words, he said some other words, which you read in Acts chapter one, as he prepares his disciples, he reminds them, he says, wait, wait in Jerusalem for the promised gift of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, I will empower you, the, the Holy Spirit will empower you to be my witnesses, to go and make disciples. You're going to go to Jerusalem, to Samaria, to Judea, to the ends of the earth. But wait for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to us to heal us, to bind up our broken hearts, to set us free. But he also comes to gift us, to empower us, so that we might be his hands and feet, that we might go and make disciples here on earth as it is in heaven. So that's the invitation. The invitation as we journey together over these next few weeks, as we look at our core values again with a fresh set of eyes, what does it mean? What does it look like as we begin to emerge and, and work this out together through listening and seeking his face? and obeying what he commands of us. Let us pray 
and welcome his presence again into our lives. Lord, thank you that you promised the gift, the person of the Holy Spirit. And we welcome you now. We welcome your presence. And we invite you to come and meet our needs first. I'm just reminded of an image or a, a picture that I've heard before. It's of the oxygen mask. If you've ever flown before, you'll, you'll know the, the drill by the steward, stewardesses who, who say, you know, it's important to fix the oxygen mask to yourself first before you assist others. And I just sense like the Lord's saying that image to us, it's important that we dwell in his presence, first and foremost for ourselves, that we would receive from him. So Lord, just do that in us now. Welcome your presence, Lord. In Jesus' name.